0: Welcome to Speak Up with Rita Burke and Elton Brown.
1: It certainly is with enthusiasm, excitement, and a deep inspiration that I introduce George Anastasopheles to our audience this morning. What do I need to tell people about George? First of all, George is the author of I Love Mondays, accomplish more, make a difference, and create a culture shift. He also calls himself a long-time Toastmaster or long-term Toastmaster, and is currently a member of Albany Club Toastmasters. George has taught at the University of Toronto, And the Schulich Executive Education Center is a professional certified coach with the International Coach Federation, a certified sales leader with the Canadian Professional Sales Association, certified analyst with Thomas International on a variety of their assessment tools and veteran business operator with a 20-year corporate career in senior sales. George, a mouthful about George, and this is not a smidgen of what I have on George at this point. George, I find your name, your surname, truly fascinating. When I looked at it, I thought, what a mouthful. But you know what? The educator in me said to me, this is not bad. This is easy. Just look at it carefully. And I was able to pronounce it, I believe, correctly. But I want you to explain a little bit about your last name for our audience.
2: Oh, absolutely. Thank you, Rita, for having me, Elton, for having me on the show here. I'm delighted to be a part of it. and Thank you for that introduction. My name is certainly a mouthful if you try to take it all in one big bite. But like eating an elephant, it is about one bite at a time, as you said. And there's a history and a meaning behind my name. The back half, second half of my name, pulos, is the Greek word for the house of or the clan of. The first half of my name, anastasi, means the resurrection so technically my last name means the house of the risen sun. and so there's a great deal of magic and uh power in that and uh, something to look forward to and to appreciate in a last name like that so i'm proud to carry it
1: i certainly feel the magic and the power when you speak about the origin and significance of your name. In addition to that, George, we asked you to provide us with a quotation, with a quote, that guides or grounds your life. And you said, it's not a quote, it's just three words. And I was really, really encouraged, curious, fascinated with that. And those three words are enlightenment, enhancement and transformation walk us through those three words please and why they're significant for you. thank
2: you rita and by the way i didn't come up with those words just casually and they didn't fall from the sky it was a journey of discovery in my own life to appreciate what it is that drives inspires and keeps me motivated and and engaged on a minute by minute day by day basis and i want to take them a bite at a time enlightenment more than learning. As you mentioned in my bio and you introduced me, I have a history of teaching. I taught at the University of Toronto and at Schulich Executive Education Centre, and I'm a trainer and, and a coach. And so there's a lot of teaching that goes on, but enlightenment is more than teaching. Enlightenment is when, quite honestly, just as the name suggests, the lights come on. We see things differently. Oh, I didn't know that was there. It wasn't just about knowledge, but about, oh, I didn't know that was there. And so Enlightenment is powerful for me, both in my becoming enlightened through new learnings and through the curiosity that I bring to the world, but that others might experience the same thing. Enhancement. Enhancement is not unlike enlightenment and transformation. These are three big words. Enhancement is about growth, progress, and development. It's about betterment. It's about making a difference in the world. One of the parts of the subtitles of my book, I Love Mondays, is about making a difference. And so enhancement is is the way we equip ourselves to, in fact, be able to do that. And transformation is the creation of something beautiful from something that wasn't. And that's the way I see transformation in, in life. As we go through life, we become that much more powerful, more more beautiful, more radiant, more able to perform, more able to contribute at our highest. We transform into that, and that's the ultimate, if you would, uh, destination place. Once enlightenment and enhancement happen, this wonderful thing called transformation ultimately comes of it.
0: So, uh, you you wrote this uh, a book. I love Monday. I love the title. I'd like to know a what gave you the idea for the book and what inspired you to write it? Thanks,
2: Elton. I appreciate it. The the book itself, the title itself only came about, you know, later on in the journey as the book was being written. We had a different working title that is immaterial, actually, to this conversation. But what inspired me to write it was I, I was very interested in helping the world of work change the way they dealt with the world of work how people live, work and play together. In my 40s, as a senior manager and a general manager, I had 300 people working for me in a job that had incredible amounts of pressure, overworked, overwhelmed, overstressed, underappreciated, having to deal with competitive pressures. And I did not have the resources that we have today to be able to cope with and conquer those kinds of challenges. I wanted out, but it was no different anywhere else. As it turns out, I went into and started my own little business. I've been running my business ever since. However, I want to give people the opportunity to be able to say, I can change the world around me. I don't have to work in a place where I'm overworked, overwhelmed, overstressed, underappreciated. But in fact, I, am the, I can make the difference. And so I wrote the book because I wanted people to embrace the concept of you are the solution, you meaning you, the individual. Stop looking around you, hoping somebody's going to change your world so that it's a better place for you, that it will change your workplace so you will enjoy it more. I want to give people belief shifts and skills that will allow them to build competencies to be able to interact and work together in ways that are more productive, but also more fulfilling at the same time, where they can say, I love my work and I love who I do it with.
0: I want to go back to your one of your three uh, words, which is uh, transformative. How does that word relate to your book, I Love Monday?
2: Well, Elton, thank you for asking that. The book itself is not written like a typical business book. A typical business book has a chapter per topic that the author wants to teach you about and so forth and has some anecdotes in there and a couple of bullet points and maybe so a to-do list and so forth. It's written as a story. So I wrote the book, I Love Mondays, together with my co-author, Dakota Lamar. We wrote it as a story. There's a hero. She has her challenges. She's somebody everybody can relate to. She commutes into the city. She has a loving family, a home in the suburbs, but she's find herself on a gerbil wheel, and the gerbil wheel is going faster and faster and she's struggling with this and it's a story of the ups and the downs and her journey of transformation from where she is where she looks in the window and says to herself what happened to you she says to herself what happened to you and that, and she goes through a journey of transformation where she becomes the best version of herself possible and helps transform those around her and her organization in the process with the help of her coach, who happens to be a wise, sage, non-human character that you'll meet when you read I Love Mondays. So as you look at the world of I Love Mondays, I wanted people to be able to get up and when, and say uh, TGIM on Monday morning, not, oh, my gosh, I've got 100 meetings this week. I still have a to-do list from last week I haven't completed. I have a bunch of things that need attention today. I have people and their problems. I have to be the center of attention on everything. I've got to attend all these other meetings that I need to be a part of. I'm shorthanded in the process. Some of my people don't want to come to work. And statistics show, you don't have to go very far. (laughs) Statistics show that two thirds of employees are disengaged in the workplace. Two thirds of employees are disengaged. That means they don't wanna be there. And if they are, they're there just doing their thing and hoping to get the day over with. According to the American Institute of Stress, 25%, one in five, one in four, one in four people are stressed and burned out. And that one in five have been driven to tears at work. Let me repeat that. One in five have been driven to tears at work. This is the workplace that we're creating. The great resignation has been said to be the thing that most executives and managers are gonna have to cope with and deal with as we move our way through the 21st. The great resignation is happening all around us because people are no longer saying, it's just the way it is, I'll have to suck it up. But in fact, are realizing they have a choice to say no. In my book and in my work, what I try to do is equip people with the enlightenment, the enhancement and their own transformation so that they're able to deal with, change their environment, create a culture shift, accomplish more, make a difference as is identified in the subtitle of the book.
0: You are a, a Toastmaster and what better thing could you possibly be? And as a Toastmaster, we not only give speeches, and we get supportive uh, feedback, but there is this other beneficial part that we also receive, which is coaching. What, what do you think, or how do you feel coaching comes into play with individuals within Toastmasters and outside of That's
2: a great question, Elton. Coaching as a profession, and I'll start with a bigger picture before getting a little more granular. Coaching as a profession is now starting to be better understood by the, the world at large. Not many of us have had coaches or work in the coaching profession, but it is now being better understood that there is this mechanism of teaching, learning, growth, fulfillment, and and, and so forth that that is available and it's called coaching as and i've been a coach for many years as a matter of fact i'll I'll share a quick anecdote if you'll allow me on coaching i was many years ago probably about a dozen or so years ago dozen 15 years ago i had just completed a training session with some managers at a packaged goods company here in toronto as i completed it i had was debriefing with the vice president of sales and we were talking about the impact of the training and next steps and so forth George, my people love you. You did a great job. Uh, we've got an action plan. It's all terrific. Um, but he had this furrowed brow, and he was worried about something. And I asked him about it. I said, you seem to be concerned about something. He goes, well, George, he says, you got to know. I'm from Joysey. and I'm up here in Canada as the vice president of sales, as their, as a developmental job for me. But I got to tell you, I feel like a fish out of water. Can you like? Do you do any coaching? Because I could really use a coach. I'm an entrepreneur. I do training. I really haven't been hired to do coaching by anyone before him. And but I know what an opportunity when it shows up. And so I said, of course I do. It's just terrific. Send me a proposal. Let's get started. And by our third meeting, we had a dozen meetings scheduled in our contract. But by our third meeting, he made an interesting comment. He said, George, I've worked with other coaches before, but there's something about you, you're changing my life. I thought, oh my gosh, I better figure out what it is I'm doing because this is powerful. As it turns out, I then went on to become an associate certified coach with the International Coach Federation. I'm currently a professional certified coach within the associate within the Federation and is credentialed in that capacity. And in the world of Toastmasters, within a world of Toastmasters where there's a, where a meeting takes place and people interact, we're coaching them. We're giving them evaluations, we call them evaluations, when an evaluator gets up and delivers an evaluation of a given speaker, but they are really feedback opportunities. And that candor of feedback opportunity, but opportunities in a constructive way, where the evaluator says things that are both complimentary of what worked in the speech, content, delivery, mannerisms, facial expressions, and or gesturing, as well as suggested improvements, are part of coaching that person in a non-threatening, trust-based environment that allows that other person to grow and become the better version of themselves as a communicator and as a leader. And that's part of why I think Toastmasters is such an incredible place to be for personal development.
1: I, I like that response that you've given in terms of how you became a coach. But there's something else that Toastmasters tout, That they create and they enhance leadership skills. Speak to us about your experience as a leader or being led in Toastmasters.
2: Thank you, Rita. Leadership is about who? Management is about it. And when I say it, the tasks, the duties, the responsibilities, the processes, the issues, the functional technical things that happen as part of a it work. Whether you're an engineer, an accountant, the salesperson, a marketer, you name it, there's a bunch of it work that we do as employees and as managers. Leadership, though, is about who and Toastmasters is about who. Being able to shift our beliefs and our focus to a who focus is part of what Toastmasters do. We don't spend a lot of time talking about the specific things that the speaker speaks about. We make a reference to the content in terms of its organization and its impact and how it was communicated and delivered, but it's all about the who. Our focus in Toastmasters is to help the person get better. That's what a leader does. You see, when people go to work as employees who may not have a managerial role, when people go to work as employees, they go to work most of the time and generally with the following belief, I got to do good work. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a decent belief. But that's the belief. I gotta do good work. When managers go to work, managers who have people responsible, when managers go to work, they go to work with a very similar belief. And it goes something like this. I gotta make sure work gets done. I gotta make sure work gets done right. By the way, you know, Peter Drucker, who is the management guru of all time and has written a half dozen books on the topic, has said it as plainly as that: manager's role is to do things right. Leaders have a different belief. Their belief is, I make people better. And that's what Toastmasters is all about. And that's what my book is all about. And that's what leadership is all about. It's about making people better, helping them be the best version of themselves. So where, <laughs> can,
0: so where can we pick up your uh, book? How can we access it through a bookstore, <clears throat> online? Tell us.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. Th- thank you for asking, Elton. It's carried at Amazon. It's available in hardcover, paperback, electronic form through Amazon, audio, audible through Amazon as well. It's carried at Indigo. I don't think Indigo has decided to carry the paperback or the hardcover, so they have it only in electronic and audible version. We have It's available in a variety of audio book uh, formats. Quite honestly, go to my website, leadershipfundamentals.com, click on my book, and it will direct you to the various sites and you can decide where to purchase it yourself. And in fact, if you'll allow me, I'd like to make an offer to everybody listening to this podcast. If they go to Leadership Fund, if you go to leadershipfundamentals.com and you want a free digital version, PDF format of my book, just send me an email through the contact us format and I will send you a free digital copy just for you, but please buy it nonetheless, because I could really use the revenue.
0: (laughs) You're a toastmaster, you're a professor, you have all of these things that you're juggling in the air. When you're not juggling, what do you do? What do you like to do to relax your personal passion.
2: Thank you for asking Elton. It's um, my philosophy and what's built into I Love Mondays is this concept of accomplishing more while doing less. And so this isn't all about a flurry of busy because asking someone, how are you? And them saying busy is like saying I'm breathing because if you're not busy, you're probably dead in the 21st century. Myself, what i do to relax is a combination of things it's reading it's exercise it's walks it's just the ability to unwind and connect the thing that inspires me the most about my non-work time whatever work non-work time i do is that i either spend it with people i love where we share we interact we support each other we hold each other accountable for things that are important in our lives it's either I spend time with my family and interacting with them and spending time together and hugging my grandkids. I'm allowed to hug my grandkids with COVID and everything else that <laughs> goes around crazy times. Uh, so that's really important to me, being with my family, being with myself, just just me time. That's where exercise comes in and reading and just being with myself. In fact, one of the things I've often missed uh, during the time of COVID is driving because I don't really drive to too many places anymore. Most of us, you know, I don't have to go to clients because most everything is virtual. As a consequence, I drive so little. Well, driving was my me time where I could disconnect and just let my brain unwind, unpack, digest, reflect on whatever's going on, wherever it wanted to go and allow me to get grounded again. So I, I miss that to a certain extent. So I try to make time for that. I spend time in my Bible and I spend time uh, with God and and that's a way to build my spiritual strength and, and keeps me grounded as well because you can't, we can't do our best for other people. We're here to serve unless we are the best versions of ourselves, unless we feel good about ourselves and we're confident. And I don't mean arrogance, just plain confident, a sense of self-esteem that says, I, I think I'm in pretty good shape here and I can do this and I can't do that and I need help on that. And so when we do and are able to perform at our best because we are in our, a good place, we're playing off our front foot, not our back foot, metaphorically speaking. And Rita, you had a question you wanted to ask or something you wanted to say before you got unfortunately tossed out by the also, technology.
1: I don't know why technology is doing that to me today, but I'm determined to ask my question. And here we go again. You made a statement about one in five in tears in the workplace. And that is settling on my heart, on my mind, on my spirit. Tell us a little bit more about that. Where is the research to support that? How did you find that information?
2: me? Thank you, Rita. I appreciate you asking that. American Institute of Stress. American Institute of Stress, one in five, and they have a considerable amount of research data that they've accumulated. This is recent data, I think it was 2021. It's very recent data and they have uh, the the information includes like 25% of are either burnt out or have been burnt out. 80% go home after work or close down after work with either some form of physical or psychological symptoms related to stress in the workplace. And 20% have been driven to tears at work. And that is, and so this is, I'm quoting their numbers, not mine. I didn't make this up. And there's considerable more research by other organizations. Deloitte and Touche have inf- have not have uh, research in the on the web that's publicly available that talks about workplace challenges and what people face. And quite honestly, I want to change that world. I want to change that world where people are they want to go to work. Like when I say I love Mondays, people think I'm like on bad drugs or something, because they go, well, "How can that possibly be? Like, what is your problem? I can't wait to fr- for Friday," is how most people think because. Monday to Friday brings such pressures and challenges and stresses and so forth. And through my many years of experience, both in a corporate environment and then since then, training, coaching, and working with people that have workplace jobs, we I've come to realize that you are the solution. Don't look around you. Don't expect the CEO and their executive team to come up with some magic solution that'll create a culture shift, that'll make life wonderful around here. You're it. And you can do it, and I can help you do that through a combination of belief shifts from manager thinking to leader thinking, practicing some simple skills, seven of which are showcased at I Love Mondays, which produce six core competencies that will allow you to work more effectively with other people and have them say about you, I love working with you.
1: Sounds to me as if you have a passion. Sounds to me as if you are in this world for a purpose, to make a dent in people's lives. Just speaking with you today, George, has shifted me. I wouldn't say transformed, but has given me a sense of what your passion is and why you exist. And I thank you so very much for indulging us today by speaking with us about, I love Mondays. And I know that it will be successful And that you will certainly have an impact on people's lives, on leaders' lives, on followers' lives, on influencers' lives. George, I thank you so much.
2: Thank you so much for that. And I appreciate the opportunity you uh, and Elton have given me. I thank you uh, to be here and to share some of my thoughts and to engage in this conversation with you. It's been such a pleasure. And uh, hopefully at some point we can do it again because I look forward to that as well.
0: Thank you very much. listening to Speak Up. To discover upcoming podcasts, please go to www.toastmaster6060.com. Under News and Events, look for the District 60 newsletter to locate the schedule.